I'm horny, 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 horny for change. you're all well there's been a brief hiatus i suppose um i went on holiday which was lovely and it wasn't long enough um but i'm back <laughs> it never is long enough but it was really good um so yes back and fresh and Ready. planning for our next event gina do you want to talk about that oh my gosh <laughs> so with ella the artist we're gonna do a nude life drawing class yeah. but Plot twist, it's your own nudes. <laughs> love it, love yeah. it. So good. Ella, um, did she say she specialised in it or studied life drawing? Specialised maybe. So she's the person for the job. We're really excited for that one actually. Um, she's so nice. Yeah, it's going to be a really nice friendly environment. Um, and it's worth saying that if you're hesitant, obviously it's like a sensitive thing to be taking your naked photos to the pub but it's it's going to be a specific place for you to feel safe in doing so you can also have them in your mind if you don't feel comfortable having it like sitting on your phone whatever that's completely understandable and it doesn't make a difference what way you want to participate in it um we just want to make sure it's accessible to everyone that everyone feels comfortable and safe i will also be patrolling about gina is going to be Hopping about, chatting the likes of everyone, probably. Okay, then let me draw. (laughs) But we'll be there, and you can always give us a shout if you, you know, want to swap tables, if you want us to, you know, yeah, get you a quiet corner. We can make that possible. So, you know what I imagine? (laughs) You know, the voting boxes in the movies. (laughs) I imagine everyone going into their own little box and stripping off. No, just with their photos and they've got like a little torch and they're drawing in the darkness of the box. Can confirm, we don't have that. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have that kind of setup. Um, Unfortunately, that'd be quite nice. It would be like an introverted event though. It would be really nice introversion. But um, you wouldn't meet anyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You could talk through the walls. Like Love is Blind, that show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be a really nice event. It's going to be very different to our last one. Yeah, it's going to be tame. I will maybe Chilly. remember it the next day. Maybe. It is on a Thursday, so hopefully. Um, and yeah, very excited for that. I think it's very important to participate in those kind of events if you're interested in opening your mind to different ways of getting to know yourself and becoming aware of the body that you're in and how to experience pleasure for the body that you're in because that's going to be different for everybody yeah i think that's all we really have to say in terms of a little catch up do you have any funny stories to tell gina the boiler man came oh the boiler man came i don't even know what he was doing the boiler's not broken we've got hot water and i forgot i'd left my vibrator on the sink and he was in there running the taps and then i was like i'll just go back to what i was doing which was <laughs> writing erotica <laughs> so i felt like such a dirty little slut <laughs> which we love yeah we love. celebrated it that's a, a very waste. hardcore horn dog move yeah i 
kind of wanted to address it like, oh, just ignore that. Sorry, but I didn't have a Don't ignore that. Yeah. Don't steal it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What yeah. colour is it? Purple. Purple. It's the same colour as your jumper. Oh, uh, not lilac. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's more than one. I actually prefer if it was a pastel colour, but I don't Mine's know. really pretty. It's yeah, the Naked Grapefruit um, like First Space colors. Vibrator. Highly recommend. Really good. I think mine's a wee vibe. Oh, nice. Also recommend. This isn't an ad, by the way. Oh, yeah, we're not sponsored. You can go to any vibrator. But also, if anyone wants to sponsor us, I would really... I would take your money. Get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... So, we have another guest Ooh. this week. Um, do you want to introduce, introduce yourself, Tongi? Hi, everybody. My name is Tongi. He's French. Wow. <laughs> As you will know. Oui, <laughs> oui. And, uh, yeah, I'm a life coach and a rapid transformational therapist and a hypnotherapist. And uh, I help men to let go of their past by removing uh, shame, guilt and embarrassment. So um, that's a new niche actually where that's a new group of people I want to support in a, in a new way. And it's health men this week actually. So yes. I think it's a great place to start. And uh, yeah, I think it's really important to help men to feel better with their life. Yeah, maybe be more of a woman sometimes by uh, a lot ex- more. <laughs> exposing their, their emotions, sharing their thoughts and um, acting from a place of love rather than fear. Sounds great, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, as Tongi said, it is Men's Health Week and that also includes Mental Health Week. And I actually posted a blog last night. Uh, lazily posted one of my old essays about Northern Irish mental health, just to kind of get into the mood of the scope of what we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. this week. and no better person for it to come from than a man one of the themes we were just talking about men's mental health week and the goals of it one of the themes is for people to create environments healthy environments for men to have healthy conversations in so i suppose that's what tongi you want to do on a professional level do you want to maybe talk a bit about why like what made you want to become I coach in this way because it's a very specific thing yeah definitely um so i started two years ago actually um starting by coaching people just because i was in good place in my life and i just saw that around me there were some people who were actually struggling essentially men and i just started to help them because i helped myself before that so if we uh, fall back a little bit a few years uh, back um, when I was, when I grew up, I grew up in a, in a really nice family, except that there was, like in any family, some, uh, some struggle. Mm. And um, it happened that from a young age, I was really shy, really insecure, really not confident about myself, mm. quite quickly overweighted and yeah, ashamed of my body, ashamed of myself, of who I was. And, you know, you grow up trying to um, hide all those things and try mm. to yeah, so, <laughs> deal with life somehow. But yeah, um, my parents divorced when I was seven. Uh, my father was quite, had two sides, amazing side um, that we loved and an amazing, another side 
which was more uh, really struggled, the um, turbulent mind, and um, actually confirmed the fact that he was uh, he had difficulties in, with life because um, maybe seven or eight years ago he uh, committed suicide because he was depressed, uh, he was alcoholic as well, mm-hmm. plus he had some health issues. Um, and plus also when I was younger, I had a big brother and big brother um, maybe not always kind, so he kind of bullied me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I grew up in a world where I wasn't secured and I had to grow up with, with that. And when I was a teenager, it was struggling as well, challenging. Um, Did you find it got worse when you were a teenager? I think even more, um, especially because when you're a teenager, you see everybody having girlfriends, being yeah. in couple. Um, it's a really difficult time. Yeah, so you have to uh, you have to go through that. And um, funny thing is, actually, my first time sexually involvement with someone was with uh, one of my best friends, which was a boy as me. We yeah. were twelve years old, and this has. Rather than it to fully embrace the experience, I actually um, created a lot of shame around that. Yeah. And so growing up with this shame was difficult because I knew I wasn't attracted to men. But this experience was here to remind me constantly that maybe. And when you grow up in an environment like at school or at home where... And I was in the countryside, that's maybe important to say. That's but very important to say. In this, in this countryside, one of the most used insults is oh you're gay mm. and very popular in Ireland as well yeah mm. I think in the world actually yeah and um, and this actually has so much damage on people on I think it, even especially men because the man needs to be strong and boyish and maybe able to be violent as well mm-hmm. and um, where I come from being gay doesn't fit with this definition so I grew up actually thinking that I wasn't a man, that, um, yeah, I was less than. So growing up with that, uh, that was quite difficult. And I made bad choices down the road. Um, like, for example, the first woman with who I had sex was a prostitute, mm. uh, which added more shame uh, into my life, uh, more embarrassment and feeling guilty about what I was doing. But anyway, down the road at some point, when I finished my studies, I traveled. And that's where I changed environment, I changed mentality and I just allow myself to be able to to become who I wanted to be, to be a better person, a bit, uh, the man that I wanted to be. I started to catch up on my teenager time, meeting um, women, catching up with my sex life, enjoying my life as well. I love that phrase, catching up. <laughs> Make it up for last time. That, that's actually... Uh, so I think travel is a lot about that as well. You meet people and you enjoy yeah. enjoy a, a one night stand, which was great to, to start with. But I think the catch up comes as well because so many men and probably women don't experience the teenager uh, time that they think they should have had. And so down the road, like they will... expectation. Yes. Yeah. And seeing other people and compare yourself and judging yourself and judging also people as well. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, when you are over your 20s or some people is 30s, 40s, then you have to somehow you see that it's possible for you. And mm-hmm. because you didn't have that when you were younger, then you have a tendency to Contact. compensate. 
romanticize it to romanticize. a certain extent yeah I, I wish i would have been romantic at the time <laughs> but i was more of a, i would say maybe, fuck boy kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. why do you say that in french um in french we would say un coureur de jupon oh lovely which is uh, also bastard <laughs> <laughs> that would be i think in, in english would be a, a skirt runner oh. so running after the skirt of women interesting yeah. it sounds like blade runner mm. but like yeah. shit version <laughs> <laughs> so yeah oh, interesting and uh, anyway after two years abroad in australia and new zealand i actually met someone um a woman with who i fell in love and we actually because was that I was the first time you were in love it wasn't the first time most of the time when i was in love the woman um I was too needy at the time, okay. so I had a lot of one night stand or short stories, but I always wanted stories. more. That's so cute. Short stories always. is a nice way to say it. Yeah. Instead of flings, short yeah. stories. I'm yeah. sorry, flings. isn't that yeah, exactly. one of my short stories? Thanks, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so nice. But yeah, then... Um, That's interesting though. What? So you were always wanting more out of it? Yeah. I, Why do you think so, that was? I, th- I think uh, just because I saw I could get it. Okay. So I, I could be with a, a beautiful woman. Yeah. And then after that, I would see that um, another woman that I judge way more beautiful or okay. with another connection, then I would just sh- make the shift Do and just change uh, quite easily. During that time as well, were you mainly looking for beautiful people, like physically, yeah. rather than... Yeah, at the time, yeah, okay. definitely. Uh, essentially attracted by beautiful women. I think I have good taste in women. <laughs> I think I have good taste and maybe actually the standard are maybe even too high, especially at the time we're too high compared to what's how to experience a relationship in harmony. Okay. Yeah. I was more looking at the body, the face, yeah. rather than actually the, the connection. And do you think that that did you feel that that was what you had to do as a man? You had to get the most beautiful woman. You had to go after that. Was that an element of it, or was that just a personal choice? If I'm honest, I think I think it's entangled. But I think that there was a meaning of for me being with a really attractive woman was making me more than a man. Like will rank me higher as a man, not yeah. because I wanted that. But more yeah. because I wanted to be seen with a beautiful woman yeah. because I feel I deserve, because I want to be also yeah, uh, this kind of man, you know? Mm-hmm. A bit yeah. like you can see in, uh, in movies where, well, the heroes of the movie usually are the beautiful guy and the beautiful woman. Well, yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. to be the hero of my life. Mm-hmm. And every time I would try to get um, the best, um, the most beautiful woman, and that's what actually I ended up doing. Uh, I was with a beautiful woman uh, when I left um, New Zealand. And I actually stayed in this relationship rather than there was all the sign that it wasn't a relationship okay. for, and for her and for me. Mm-hmm. But somehow we kind of, and her and me convinced somehow each other that, yeah, it could work. Easy to fall into that. Yeah, but I think, and that's where I reflect on, is that at the time I was needy. I needed someone in my life to to feel complete somehow. Yeah. 
Um, I struggled for so many years as a teenager time to grow up and feel confident about myself. Now I was traveling at the other side of the world, uh, enjoying my life, having a really good experience, in m meeting amazing people. Then the last thing that I needed is to be with someone uh, who loved me and that I love. Yeah. But then at this time, it was actually already a uh, struggling relationship, a lot of uh, um, fights, arguments, yeah. out of nowhere sometimes. Okay. But somehow, you know, when you, your self-esteem is quite low, mm -hmm. then you allow yourself uh, to be with the wrong people yeah. because at least your self-esteem can be a bit more complete. Yeah, I find something, I was in a relationship that was quite similar in ways, um, but I feel like I almost used to chase that fiery part yeah. of a relationship. And I don't know if that's something that you experienced as well. Like I would chase after that. It was almost like drama yeah. because I thought that that meant we had a passionate relationship. Yeah. And I used to almost get scared of stability and comfort. It used to freak the fuck out of me. And I'd be like, boring, boring, yeah. boring, boring. <laughs> yeah. I need to stir some shit or you need to like be scared that I'm not going to be here forever or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's like, I I almost found, I used to say this um, to my current partner all the time, like, this is really healthy. <laughs> wow. Like really healthy, really rational. Like, I don't feel the need to do anything crazy not that I was even being crazy I would just think this relationship is failing because it's comfortable that was how I used to think because I used to think fire is passion mm -hmm. but there is a healthy kind of fire which I have it, it literally took me 25 years to find not that I was looking for a partner <laughs> when I was six <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like I think that is that's something quite interesting that's worth saying because that argumentative nature to your relationship if you're in that right now that's not passion that's just unhealthy and it's clashing and that's not good yeah mm. definitely it's, it also i find that i'd lost loads of weight not in a good way like when i look back at photos there's this bikini photo I found of me the other day and you can see my hip bones and like I'm not built to be like that like I've got boobs I've got a bottom like I'm not supposed to look like that but I didn't even realize at the time that I was obviously so impacted by that because I must have just been stressed which is mad so I don't know yeah you just really reminded me of that when you were talking yeah about I mean, your I mean uh weight can be uh, mm. different for everybody uh, some people will lose weight some people can gain weight actually yeah. stress is usually will tend you to gain weight mm. question of hormones but everybody is different but um, I think one interesting thing as well is that usually you as young adult or even as teenager you are attracted usually to the person that to the parent that you lack the attention from Mm. Lack the love from. So let's say my mom was really, um, was even too much 
giving me love and okay. comfort and security. Yeah. Um, which I don't regret. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the thing is, I was then looking for. I I went into a relationship where it was struggling and fiery, more like my dad, because that's kind of what I didn't he didn't have. Yeah. So actually, a lot of people uh, at their first relationship go in what they didn't have when they, when they were young. Oh. Doesn't mean everybody. Yeah. But in psychology, be, yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of relation with that. It's all to do with, <coughs> I suppose, how you learn your attachment style. Exactly. Because it is learned behavior at the end of the day, and that's why it's so important. And we always say, ready for change, how important it is to create healthy conversations so children learn because children are just sponges. Yeah, definitely. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why, like, if your parents were arguing parents mm. and, um, like, it was fire at home and a lot of abuses or things like that, then, mm. um, like, studies show that, obviously, an unhealthy environment will be easier, easy, more easily recreated uh, when the child becomes an adult. So, yeah. usually, if in your belief system as a child, parents argue and slam doors and things like that, then you will have a tendency to reproduce that mm -hmm. as an adult. But if your partner experiences the same relationship, then you're both in an arguing relationship. Yeah. And so it becomes a toxic. And then to get out of this is really difficult because the only belief is that this is normal. Yeah. So my, my couple is arguing and, and slamming doors and and abusing and things like that, but you don't realize it until you actually get out of the relationship. Yeah, and hindsight, wonderful thing. Yeah. Very wonderful thing. And just kind of on the theme of creating those spaces where young men and boys can talk about these things, how much do you think that would have impacted you? Like whenever you were talking about like you your fear of almost being called gay mm. and things like that. What if there had been a space where there is somewhere and someone that you could talk to about your sexuality and they could reassure you that that childhood exploration doesn't mean anything. It can if you wanted to, but it doesn't. What do you think that would have really made a big difference? Oh, definitely. Um, I think it's actually through the certifications that I learned through uh, rapid transformational therapy or hypnotherapy uh, with Marisa Peer, um, which has created an amazing um, community and group, is what we learn actually is that when you're a child, you don't even realize what you're doing. You don't even understand what sexuality is. And so. actually, if I, and you are age appropriate to experience and to do things as a child, even as a teenager, because you don't really understand those things and you have, you, you have to experience as well to, to understand what you want, what you don't want. Um, so knowing that from a young age, that would have been so helpful because mm. um, I would have been able to let go and have a positive meaning towards an experience like this experience that yeah. I had uh, with my friend. And plus growing in an environment where um, homosexuality is seen as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, all those thoughts around those experiences as child or sexuality, I think uh, would have changed my life if I had someone at the support to talk yeah. about it. That would have been amazing. 
Uh, I would have seen life differently. I would have been able to let go uh, of shame, guilt, embarrassment much, much earlier, not having to go through different exp uh, experiences down the road um, that led me to feeling even more ashamed or guilty yeah. about myself. And, and actually, maybe, we, we don't know. I have no regrets in life. Uh, but we don't know, but I guess I would have experienced a healthier uh, teenager time or adulthood. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. That's the thing. It's just such a complete failure to young people that those spaces aren't common. And especially children. Like, I think parents almost need to be given a compulsory education about children and the healthy exploration that's going to happen with their bodies and how to talk to them about, you know, your body is a site of pleasure. Some things will feel good, but that's a private thing for you. You don't owe it to anybody. Trust your gut. Things like that are so crucial and it really helps get rid of that element of shame because shame mm. is so hard to shake. And, uh, and even now, I know, in, I mean, I have clients who have so much shame and uh, so shame, guilt, embarrassment, and they have that and they carry that mm -hmm. and they carry that even in their body. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, most obese people are actually, or even overweighted people are people who went through sexual trauma or even abuse or trauma from their childhood actually mm -hmm. that they as a child they find a way to um, compensate the blame the shame the guilt through food and um, and there is other way that in the body you can feel um, or experience those trauma or those or sexually abuse or abuses mm. from having a parent maybe too straight or too aggressive violent yeah. Um, and abuse can be a different way, it can be words, it can be emotions, it can be uh, psychological, it can be uh, sexual. Mm -hmm. So um, there is like different abuses and I think as men if we were, um, if there was more support but as well if as men we were more open to actually open up and yeah. to share and to talk because that's what helped me a lot is when I started to share my story around me to my friends for example. Um, some was of my friends like experienced the, the first, same thing actually. The first time as friends you had ever spoken about it? I think uh, first uh, first time was to a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is when I started to talk, for example, about this sexual experience with my friend when I was young, I told it to one of my girlfriends at the time and, uh, and she told me she experienced the same thing with a woman. Mm. But Did that instantly make you feel a lot better? A, a, little, a little bit, but I think... Uh, for men, uh, seeing two women together is less shameful than two men. Because for men, we it's are... It's more of a threat to masculinity. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, definitely, I saw that there was something around that. Mm -hmm. And then when I spoke, to, uh, then I had another girlfriend and um, with the one where it was more difficult. And she shared things from her life that was uh, even different experience than what I, I lived. Uh, that she lived being more adult mm -hmm. and uh, so but same I didn't judge anything I was still carrying my blame my burden somehow yeah. um, and that's one of my best friends with who I talked a um, few years ago who told me that he experienced something with even someone from his family 
and then I started to realize that actually it's uh, it's, so uh, it's just normal yeah. and it's just healthy. And plus all the the certification that I did when they said um, the words you were age appropriate this has been so liberated for me and mm. that's what I want to help people with especially men I already help some women but I'm helping men um, because I like to help those I think women have more um, are more um, they seek help more readily than men yes exactly I think women are more open to seek for help or to, mm -hmm. to talk even with their friends opening up with uh, people around them rather than men I don't know where it comes from but we have this need to be strong uh, it's age old masculinity it's what you've been spin fed exactly like the conditioning that yeah. we have through society yeah. through the movies through and even our parents I think our generation still come from parents who um, come from still a little bit this world where the man is at home, uh, the woman is at home, the mm -hmm. man goes uh, to work yeah. and things like that. My dad was a military guy, for example. Okay. So there was like kind of like somehow a strict, uh, close-minded point of view yeah. around life and men Very and women. gender roles based. Exactly. You have your roles, this Ex is your expectations. Yes, exactly. And so, and I think now our generation is opening up everything, mm -hmm. things change. Um, some women want to achieve things in life. Some men are more in touch with their emotions. I mm -hmm. think we'll really see more of a balance. More fluidity. Yeah, but it's important to, I think, bring more support to men and also encourage men to open up. I have, I have clients, they, are, they have all age, but I have people, they are 50 years old and, and they just open up about some trauma that they, are, mm -hmm. they had uh, in their childhood. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so pity because 50 years old, you you spend so many years carrying your burden, yeah. rather than you could uh, you could have done that earlier as much as I could have done earlier, but I didn't know better. Yeah, exactly. And also, how are you to know better? That's the thing. It's you know making this more widely available and making it mainstream because the fact of the matter is, while we are in this generation where there is increased fluidity um, it's you know that's still not mainstream mm. and there's still people are still being murdered for being gay mm. like we're not there yet mm. um, and I think I'm really passionate about hearing men talk about themselves in a vulnerable way because that's not commonly done mm. and I think you know I say all the time on Horny for Change as a woman I can do so much to encourage men to do that but I think the form of identification with someone who you can maybe see yourself in you can yeah identify with that's really important to encourage people and I think in terms of um, wellness which maybe what you do could fall under you know mental well-being etc it's quite female dominated it's one of the only areas between that and sex ed mm. and you know I think that something has to be said for that and you know men in positions to help other men with this vulnerability is a great thing mm. um so yeah all for it well, that's that's what I I try to do. That's what I'm passionate about. Um, because I've seen the 
I think the benefits of me looking for already first <laughs> getting out of a toxic relationship mm. that was just bringing pain, um, seeking for help, going through therapy. Uh, I had a coach, an amazing coach, um, uh, for a year, and um, and actually after after this toxic relationship with who I was, and I was also to blame in this relationship. Mm. After this relationship, I was so lost in life that I actually got a coach with who a bit of therapy, but then coach with who I explored everything and started to work on myself. And I started to read a lot of books. I started to go to seminars with Tony Robbins. Um, yeah, I just started to work on myself and not just physically, but mentally, especially. And um, to arrive to the point that uh, six months after I met uh, my partner, who is almost two years, we are together and we have just a beautiful um, relationship, a relationship in harmony that I didn't know it was, it existed. When I actually shared to her at the beginning the fact that I was in this um, bad relationship, yeah. um, she actually told me, um, and you thought that was love. And when she said that, I was like, oh, wow, she already knew. She already knew what was a nice relationship, but I didn't. That so thanks to her. Me cry. <laughs> so thanks to her, I'm able to experience a really beautiful relationship. Um, and yeah, and so that was just after six months of coaching. And then a couple of months later, I, just, I was in such a good place that I just started to coach people and help uh, men and women. And after that, I went on certification for a year mm -hmm. to become rapid transformational um, therapy practitioner and a hypnotherapist. And so with all those tools now, I am able to help men, especially to let go of their past, mm -hmm. remove the blame, remove the, the judgment, the, the, the guilt, the shame, the, the embarrassment that they can have based on their past. And because they are so living in their past, they cannot move on, they cannot be in the present, they cannot plan ahead what their dream life is because they are constantly reminded by yeah, what happened, what stuck. they did, what happened to them. Exactly, they are stuck in their past. Um, so I try to get them unstuck. Yeah. And I succeed to do that. Also, worth saying, and it's really difficult to do this sometimes by yourself. Um, I work with people who struggle with substance misuse, like massively, and I always say to them, you shouldn't try and do recovery by yourself ever. And the same goes for anything, recovery in terms of recovering from abuse or literally whatever it is, even just shame. It's really hard to do things by yourself. Um, so seek help because it's there and people are specializing in it so yeah utilize that if you're in the position to do so because it's difficult and you deserve it yeah. and, and i think what's what's important then is that as human we are scared one of the biggest fears to be uh, rejected mm -hmm. and if you have some shame some guilt some embarrassment you are actually scared to open up about that because you are scared to be rejected you know, the fear of public speaking, for example, is one of the highest fear compared to fear of death. Mm -hmm. People are more scared to speak, to speak in public than, than death, you know? Really? 
yeah, just because of the fear of being rejected. And that's what holds most of us to speak like we do, for example, mm. or to do a video or to go to speak to a woman in a bar or to a man in a bar or mm. uh, the thing is the fear of being rejected and, uh, and opening up about your wounds, about your burden. That yeah. comes also with a fear of being rejected. Yeah, that's interesting because there's so much to be said for learning um, how to cope with rejection because we're all going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's where growth comes from and that's how you recognize things. One of my favorite podcasts, actually, um, if you're interested in this topic and if you struggle with rejection and failure, How to Feel with Elizabeth Day is really, really good. Um, and she gets on like loads of different people from loads of different walks of life and they talk about their biggest failures and what came from it it's really it's yeah just Mm -hmm. fantastic Um, but learning how to cope with that like if you're sitting there and you struggle with rejection which is something a lot of men struggle with and that's coming from my experience um, being on the receiving end of verbal harassment when you do reject them and it's rejection is such a serious word you know it's just we don't want the same thing and that can be the worst thing that people hear and they they don't respect it then sometimes so learning how to deal with that in a healthy way is really important yeah you cannot agree with everybody you cannot be loved by everybody and um, I think people have a tendency, as I used to do, and I still do sometimes, um, to take things personally. What you perceive, rather than it's what is reality. And for me, yeah. for me, I would be maybe a bit uh, woo-woo, but there is no reality. Mm-hmm. In terms of... We like woo-woo here. In, in, in terms <laughs> of yeah. Gina's reality, is going to be Gina's reality. My reality, your reality. Yeah. So we have three different reality mm-hmm. and even if you bring facts and all of things there's still sometimes your perception my perception her perception 100%. which actually creates free reality and so in a couple for example if you think you're right maybe your partner think they're right yeah and then if you just don't try to have an open conversation being calm and being and try to understand each other and especially just accept to be wrong maybe yeah if you start from this place then maybe you can see the point of view of your partner so then you can create actually interesting talk rather Mm. than argue where you try each other to be right i think in a lot of couples that's the problem you try to be right Mm. and to show to you and convince convince your partner of your reality but actually it's just question of perception interesting because Another French person who I love, Esther Burrell, um, she's a, a master of desire. I am obsessed with her. She's unreal. You would actually be very interested in yourself. You can okay, borrow know her, my book. Yeah, oh, check. get to know. Okay. Best voice ever. Okay. I am obviously obsessed. Better than mine. Female version. Okay. You complement <laughs> each other very well. Tonky and Esther Burrell. Oh. I, I, I just needed, needed some price. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. You deserve it. Um, she talks about what she considers to be the most important aspect of a successful quote-unquote relationship is being able to share a reality yeah and she's like if you don't have a shared reality 
you can't get anywhere long term like you need to be living in the same world and you need to have similar goals dreams kind of life aspirations within this world for it to be fully shared and monogamous if that's your thing and long term yeah so french people love reality black off (laughs) I i think because now it brings me on on something when i hear that i hear that and that's what i realized as well down the road i think it's actually my brother who told me that because he's been for many years in a relationship mm. that in a couple days actually it's three people there is you there is your partner and there is the couple and i think mm-hmm. what she speak about is this reality of the couple yeah you need you need to have your own life on the side. You need Definitely. to have your girls. You need to have your maybe your, your even your own friends and your 100%. own passions and stuff like that. Absolutely. As much as your partner needs to have their life as well. Mm-hmm. But what you need to create together is this reality, this couple reality together. And so, if one of you um, see the see ending up their retirement on a beach and the other one at the mountain then it's going to be a different reality for the couple and that yeah. can be uh, dangerous down the road. But um, if you are able to make sacrifices or compromises, uh, mm-hmm. sacrifices sounds a bit harsh, yeah. but compromises actually sounds that you're trying to uh, work for the couple. Yeah. And I think that's that you need to nourish. So understanding your three in the couple and not just one. You, but, me and we. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There we go true actually yeah yeah i think that's so important to have yourself yeah if you lose a sense of self you're fucked basically yeah that's it and that's what actually a toxic relationship does Mm -hmm. is that all both partner or one of the partner become dependent on the other one yeah you know this uh, this saying that we hear since we are young oh you found your other half when you get in couple with someone amazing, well, I think that's totally bullshit because mm. you need to be complete first. Mm-hmm. Because what does it mean if you're not, you lose your soulmate or you lose your partner? You, it means you're half of a person, you're incomplete also. Yeah. I think a human is complete on their own. Yeah. They don't even need to be with someone. But they, 100%. They choose to be with someone. It needs to be a choice. It doesn't have to be out of um fear or and, need or yeah, dependency need. and all those things. Dependency yeah. is really interesting and this is something my sister and I actually when I was at home there we were talking about this. We were talking about men in relationships and our experience. Um and we were just talking about how whenever we were younger um in previous relationships for us both we experienced this overwhelming sense that this man boy back then I suppose teenage boy was really dependent on us for emotional support because they had no other outlet for emotional support and that kind of um tone of talking in their life so that put so much pressure on us then as young girls because as we were talking about um earlier this pressure um of men and boys to be strong and they don't speak about how they feel etc that impacts how you act in relationships then as a man so 
you know, to be a good partner, you need to be able to take responsibility in some ways for your how you feel. Obviously, there should be space in every relationship to share and to comfort each other and to support each other. That's part of loving people and that is, goes to romantic relationships and friendships. But when it is this dependent, this girl or woman is the sole provider of your emotional support, that's so much, especially for young women, like that's where a lot of the stress in my last relationship came from was because I knew I was the be all and end all and I had to perform to support this person, which is just too much. So it's, you know, while it's helping men to be more, um, to emotionally develop is the way I like to say it, while it's supporting that, it's also supporting them to engage in really good relationships and to be good partners, um, which I think is really important because that can be a really fulfilling part of life. Mm. So it goes both ways. Yeah, I agree. I think, as you say, like, and I've been there actually, having to rely on your partner emotionally because as man, you're not... You don't have any other option. Well, you have your male friend or your female friend. (laughs) Which actually with female friends, I would say it's a bit easier, but... Um, usually you will think that your partner is the, the one that should know about about your emotions and things like that and then you will maybe have a tendency to look only the support from her mm-hmm. but yeah I think some sometimes and that's not every man but I think sometimes opening um, being scared to open up to your friends and family that's that's actually uh, uh, leading you to depend on your partner Definitely. or to even maybe some some men don't open at all yeah and i would say that's sometimes even worse because then you keep everything in into yourself and, and you know it doesn't go away if yeah. you do that it and, just festers and and Mar- marissa Pierre, she says that basically if you don't cry and if you don't let out pain or your struggle if you don't let it out by weeping mm-hmm. it will get somewhere else into your body yeah. and then all of a sudden you have a cancer or something or yeah. you can end up with this is the a, thing a heart attack yeah stress like that, you know? and emotional stress is a massive killer so if you're interested in your physical health if your mental health it's time to get interested in your mental health as well because that can also kill you basically um, and it's really important to keep on top of these things and don't leave it until you are completely unstable. Yeah. Check up on yourself and try and find some kind of routine or some kind of outlet. And you know, you don't have to be a big crier, but you could express those emotions in a different way. It's kind of finding what works for you, I suppose. And yeah, I think this has been a really helpful chat. And I think hearing a man, I hope hearing a man, um, talk about his own experiences and struggles is helpful to boys to men and if you have access to any boys if you're a parent maybe this could be a helpful conversation to listen to with them a conversation starter to make sure that they know that they have the support available because as kids you don't know that you need to be told um so take any opportunities you can to create the healthy environments for men and boys to talk about um, things like this in and Tongi 
where can people find you if they're interested in taking next steps in you know learning about their mental health and things like that yeah definitely so you can find me uh, through social media like uh, facebook and uh, instagram mm -hmm. um, or on my website um, free from your past .com. i'll and, include uh, those in the show notes perfect and um, yeah basically my my focus my work is essentially towards men mm -hmm. to help them to let go of their past uh, remove the shame the guilt the embarrassment um, through different techniques um, that I learn, especially hypnosis and coaching. And um, yeah, I have quite a good, good success stories with men and women actually that mm -hmm. already uh, I've helped as well a lot. So yeah, just feel free to have a look on my social media and website. Um, but definitely the experience is worth living. And uh, I encourage anybody who is looking for help to definitely look for help and go for it it will change your life amazing thank you so much for that that was thank a you. lovely conversation um yeah really meaningful and really appreciate that and i'm sure loads of other people do as well so thank you a big horny thank, thank you. you thank you for <laughs> <laughs> what did i do right now stop it yeah Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.